Women Who Rock. Women Who Rock. Women Rock. Women Who Rock. Women Who Rock. Women Who Rock. Women Who Rock. This is Women Who Rock, a podcast promoting Australian female musicians and artists. Today, I'm joined by Bonnie Stewart. She leads an experimental folk outfit called Bonnie Songs. Bonnie, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm excited. You, with Bonnie Songs, it's lovely to have you here. Uh, with Bonnie Songs, you just have recently released an EP called Strings. Yes. And I found out that you're doing two EP launches, but I would like to talk about the one that already happened. Sure. The It was at the City Recital Hall. Yes. A venue that I have been to see choral music for. How was performing an EP at the City Recital Hall? <laughs> well, it was pretty cool. But like I was saying earlier, um, I guess it's not... I like that people are imagining me in the city recital hall, giant hall full of hundreds of people. But actually, sneakily, I was in the foyer. So they've been trying to use the other spaces of the city recital hall and have started a series called 2 by 20 So, yeah, they made the foyer really nice and cosy and put lots of chairs and tables and a little stage, and it was really nice. And people came, and it sounded good, so woohoo! That's a really <laughs> novel concept, using spaces that aren't always used for music. Yes. How long have they been doing this for? I think the last year. Um, I think they were kind of having a mix of theatre and comedy as well as music. And they were making it every couple months, but um, as far as I remember, they're trying to make it monthly. Okay, cool. Yeah. They have a bar in the foyer as well. Yes, I think there was a bar last time I was there. Yeah. There was a bar. Right sure on. Sure was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the EP strings, I think, it kind of fits with the vibe of City Recital Hall. Mm. The I think that maybe listening to some older stuff on Bandcamp, Bonnie Songs is kind of like an evolving <laughs> folk concept. Yeah. But for this EP that's just been released, Strings, can you tell us a little bit about the instrumentation? Yeah. Um, well, so I'm playing guitar and singing and um, I have my little loop pedal um, creating soundscape things with my voice and stuff. And then I've got some percussion as well. And then I'm playing with uh, Freya Shack Arnett on cello and on the recording it's Sasha Bota on viola. And actually, we Sasha left, moved to London from Australia like a few days after we recorded. So our gigs have been with um, Noam Yaffe on violin. So that's been nice. But we, yes, still miss Sasha. <laughs> Folk music with cello and violin is not something that I have really experienced before. Is this something where you've always wanted to do it with this instrumentation or is it sort of a process that's evolved over time? For me, um, I've found collaborating with personalities that you get on well with is the best way to begin. <laughs> okay. So um, me and Freya met two years ago um, at this creative music intensive in Tasmania, which is like this intense workshop for a couple of weeks um, on creative and improvised music. 
yeah and we got on really well and she had just moved from melbourne to here and we're like oh we should hang out and all the time in my head i was like oh it could be interesting playing with cello and bonnie songs and so yeah we started playing together and it worked really well and sasha is somebody who i met even before freya and we'd always talked about trying to play with each other so actually i probably thought that he was my first thought of or that's where it began thinking of oh maybe strings could work i did this thing uh, at colburn avenue i don't know if you know that no i don't it's know. um it was this like regular jazz um thing that would happen every thursday night in glebe and i was asked to do this thing Joni mitchell thing so they asked a bunch of different people to do um Joni mitchell covers in their own kind of way for this night and i played with tom bodding and reese motley and we did some really nice Joni mitchell but anyway we met that's where we met Sasha. I don't know if that's important. That was like a long way of saying that's where I met Sasha. But anyway, and he was playing amazing viola and singing as well at the same time. And I just thought he had such a unique sound and a unique and amazing personality that I always wanted to play with him. So, yeah, and it finally just just happened. Freya curates this night called Opus Now that tries to be a bit eclectic with the music and have actually every week at the time I don't know if it's still happening but they try to have a Beethoven section and they have this really classical thing and then they like to have something a bit out there and experimental or improvise and then and something else so they kind of have this nice mix and so Freya was like oh we should do something and do some Bonnie songs but maybe make it a bit more experimental and get a bit more improv-y and so that's when I think that's when we were like oh maybe we could ask Sasha to join us and do a thing that's a bit different. That's a very interesting concept that you kind of instead of starting a band and saying I want these instruments yeah you kind of met these people and they kind of evolved from there with the people rather than the instruments in mind. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> You've kind of mentioned things like uh, experimental, Mm -hmm. and I actually found out about strings through the Artist Catharsis Mm. website. I am a big fan of Artist Catharsis. How did you, uh, how did Lachlan find out about your music? He just contacted me and was like, hey, I've heard your name around town. You sound good. Like, that was the vibe. And I was like, okay, thanks. Where is this going? And there was, yeah, and we, (laughs) it was like a couple of weeks of me going, is that guy and then yeah then uh, after some conversation and realization I found that he worked with my friend Brian Campo who's also on that label Mm. and Paul Derricott who's got a project coast and yeah a bunch of things I was like oh yeah that label that makes sense 
so I don't know how he found me. I guess, yeah, I don't know. We're all in similar circles, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm I'm a big fan of Artist Catharsis. For people mm. who maybe aren't familiar with it, could you... I really love the ethos, the ethos, I think, what it's about. For people who haven't maybe heard of it before, how would you describe how Artist Catharsis goes about being a record label? Mm. It's um, it's very eclectic. Like it really is all over the place in terms of kind of styles, I guess, which is great. But the main thing is that it the music is progressive and it's something a bit different. So it goes from like prog rock stuff to more experimental, soundy stuff to more songwriting things, but all being progressive and kind of just uh, yeah a little bit different i think that's the main thing as far as i can tell i know that cameron from the band next door on 2cr is a big fan as well i think that maybe one of the reasons we're fans is because for me from the outside i guess it seems like it's just like really pure like Mm. the thing that they really care about is the music Mm. and doing something that's novel and new yeah, Lachlan, who runs it, is just so passionate. Um, I've never met a nicer guy. <laughs> um, he just really wants you to do your thing and will, yeah, just do everything in his power to kind of help it get out there. And it is out there. Yes. You released your EP Strings a couple of weeks ago at the time of recording. We, I think let's take a track from it now. We're going to hear a track now from Bonnie Song's EP, Strings. This track is called Follow Me. Thank you. 
That track was called Follow Me. It is off the recent EP from Bonnie Songs called Strings. The EP is really interestingly put together. So that track, Follow Me, is kind of like a standalone track. But there's also a track called Sweet, which kind of has three sub-tracks, I guess, because it's a yeah. four-track EP. And, yeah, everyone should listen to Sweet. It's a really great recording. You can kind of hear, like, the crackles and the room noises. It's almost like you're sitting in the room for 20 minutes as this kind of unfolds in front of you. So for the recording for this, for the Suite, was that all recorded, like, a 20-minute session from start to finish? Everyone's live in the room and we put it out as one kind of entity? Yes, yeah, so we started this project for that gig um, at Opus. And so right after that, I think a few days after that, we recorded. Um, because the violist Sasha was leaving, we were like, quick, let's get into a studio. So we basically just tried to redo the set that we had done live um, for the gig and just put it in on a recording so we played it twice and then we just picked the best take (laughs) oh that's so cool yeah it was kind of um it was really nice to just record something and then step away and be like well that's it um rather than like i've been recording an album over the last few months and it's really back and forth and a great process but pretty slow but yeah this was nice like just having to choose one a little well it was nice but it was also hard because there's always parts that you're like oh i don't like that i don't like this but and this is better here but anyway um yeah and but yeah we did two takes of the suite and a few takes of follow me i think actually well it the set originally we just wanted to have the one suite and then when we had done that we were like oh really be nice to have this one extra thing that was a little bit nicer and we could sound a bit more chambery or something and so I was like oh what about this song and we just we were only going to record the suite but we're like oh let's do follow me as well and then when it came to actually putting it out, which I wasn't going to do, by the way, I was just going to put it up on Bandcamp and be like, here world, whatever. Then when Lachlan um, from Artist Catharsis contacted me, uh, I was like, oh yeah, I guess I could put it out and put some effort into getting it heard. Yeah, then we needed a single and Follow Me is the little track all on its own. So it was a good single I guess. Cool. <laughs> when I first heard the, particularly with the suite, I feel as though, because it's so live, there's a lot going on, like, spatially. Mm-hmm. I listen to it, like the MP3, through headphones, mm. but I feel as though having it pressed to vinyl and through a really good speaker would be an amazing experience. Mm, I would love it on vinyl. Are you thinking <laughs> about doing that? Oh, I would love that to happen, but making vinyl in Australia is so expensive the these cost. days. Yeah. You've really, really got to want it. Um, so I'll think about it for the future, but um, yeah, it wasn't going to work this time. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, when you say you can hear the room, it's good because it, mm. it was in this big room, the Tempe Jets Sports Club. It's like a, it was a sports club ah. in Tempe and it's been taken over by Brand X, who are this um, company that help 
spaces that aren't being used be used by artists. So, yeah, I've been playing a lot there over the last few years and that's just where we did the recording and it's like near the airport so there's a few airplanes maybe going by I'm not sure if you can hear them on it but it it's a pretty noisy room there's sometimes there's possums like running over the ceiling or weeing on the floor <laughs> and um yeah and like little crackly things happening just naturally in that room but it's nice <laughs> Also, was wondering, did you record it digit like to Pro Tools, or because um, it sounds so like, but it was it was done digitally. It wasn't like done to tape. No, because I was getting like it's so warm that I thought I was actually accidentally went to a studio when I was in Nashville uh, last month, mm-hmm. where they do like everything to tape and to like these old school sixteen track. Mm. Um, recorders, and I felt as though your EP would totally fit the vibe of that studio where they do like they try and do as much live off the floor and they do everything to track and it's just like really warm I guess right and that was the vibe that I was getting but I guess if you had to do it on two days notice then there's no time to yeah <laughs> organize that no it hap- it all happened really quickly mm-hmm. um Peter Farrer uh, was who recorded it um he's my friend and amazing musician and he's recorded a lot of improvised and experimental music and particularly in Tempe Jets, actually. And so, but never quite something like this. I don't think he'd recorded drums and maybe not even strings. So it was quite a different thing for him to record, but he did a really good job. I came out well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You helped to organise a group called Exploratory Music in Sydney. Yes. Or Emus. Yes. uh, What is that about? Can you tell us about Um. Exploratory Music Sydney. We're a group of friends who just really wanted a platform for people to be able to find experimental and weird music gigs that are happening in Sydney. I think it was inspired by Exit something, something in Berlin. Like there's so much weird music in Berlin. I keep saying weird music, but you know, experimental music. Um, the yeah, there was this platform that people could find anything that was happening and we really wanted that in Sydney because like most gigs are in warehouses and weird places and if you are a travelling musician, like someone from Berlin, from, from Berlin or whatever, looking for something like, I wonder what Sydney has to offer, then you can't find anything unless you know where to go. Mm. So that's a bit of a long-winded answer. Um but yes. But on the site, you can kind of... It was at emus.space. I can probably put the link. Emus.space.com. Yeah, and you can go there and check out whatever events, weird music events are happening. Yeah, and we have a little radio show on Eastside Radio as well at Listening Space every Monday night. Actually, I'm missing it right now. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, and we play things there too. We've got a Facebook as well. I'll put all the links on the yeah, internet. Sure. It'll be fine. <laughs> but I'm totally going to check that out. It looks like there's so much going on yeah. that I was unaware of yeah. until right now. <laughs> well, experimental music has been 
like, yeah, it's a huge thing in Sydney. Um, for me, like, I moved here six years ago from Ireland, and that a big thing was that scene here. Like, I first went to the Now Now Festival, which happens every year in January. You should check it out. Um, it's uh, like a few-day festival with a lot of experimental music and really interesting things. And so I came here and saw that and met a bunch of people and just, like just felt at home and has and I've been really inspired by the scene and definitely wouldn't be making music I make if it wasn't for all the other music I've seen here Bonnie, it is time for Tell Me a Thing, a segment where I ask, I give you a list of seven topics and get you to tell me something about one of the topics. The topics to choose from are musical equipment, recording equipment, Patti Smith, punk rock, poetry, death, and politics. So, Bonnie, can you tell me a thing? I guess the thing I want to talk about is punk rock because that has been a huge inspiration on me um, or for me. Uh, Yeah, I grew up with punk and in a great DIY punk scene in County Wicklow, Ireland, would you believe? And yeah, I guess the thing I'm going to say is that I played drums in a band called Middle Class Disaster and we were pretty, pretty punk and pretty cool. You were playing in... How long were you playing in Ireland for? How long was Middle Class Disaster playing? Mm. Um, Probably about four years. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess I got into the punk scene when I was around 15. Um, Like, I listened to... At that point, I think I was listening to a lot of Blink-182 and um, some 41 and just looking for um, something a bit grungier. And luckily just up the road from my house was some really grungy, post-punky DIY music happening. And I would go to lots of, there was heaps of all ages punk shows that I went to and just got really inspired. And yeah, and um, yeah, got really close to that scene and community. So you dug into the scene at a really young age. Yeah, I guess so. That's a cool... I kind of wish that that story was my story as well. Because <laughs> when I was like 15 and 16, I was like doing maths <laughs> and being real boring instead of going to all-age punk rock gigs. So you were in the band for four years. Was there like... And now you're into... I mean, Bonnie Songs is very different to like a punk band that plays two-minute songs. I guess. Was it a slow transition or an abrupt transition? Uh... I want to say slow because I feel like I still am punk rock and I wanted to still sound like I'm playing punk music, but maybe it doesn't. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was always writing songs, um, but I always liked to rock out and play drums, so I'm not sure. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you very much for choosing punk rock. It actually, I don't know if we've had one yet. So. What? Oh, okay. And I'm a big fan of talking about punk, so. It was between punk rock and death. but um, You know, almost everyone has chosen death. Really? Yeah. It's a great topic. I it, think for songwriters, it's a, 
it's a big thing. <laughs> it's yeah, it's an important topic for everyone, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bonnie, thank you so much for coming to to CR and having a chat to me on Women Who Rock. Sure. Thank you. For Women Who Rock is proudly produced in the Sydney studios of 2SER 107.3.